0: Hello and welcome to Ringwoods Podcast. As your host, Rosie Watts, each week I am joined by a series of authors, colleagues and guest visitors to discuss all things books and publishing. Today I am joined by Carlos Alba. Thank you, Carlos, for joining me today for a Ringwood podcast and welcome. So first of all, could you tell me a little bit about your book, There's a Problem With that.
1: It's a novel about a man in his 70s who has high-functioning autism, which is undiagnosed. And that was kind of an issue that I came across through a family member. My father-in-law had undiagnosed Asperger's and living with him over several years, I noticed some peculiar behavioural patterns and just the way that he can have reacted in certain situations and his interaction with other people, I just thought was interesting and might make an interesting character. I've written two previous novels, thinking about a third, it seemed like an interesting subject to address, particularly given that when autism is addressed generally in books and films and so forth it tends to be focused on young people and it also tends to be focused on people with very extreme forms of autism and i suppose a lot of people think that because high-functioning autism doesn't carry the same extreme behavioral traits then it's not as problematic but the issues that it raises are kind of more subtle and complex and there are a lot of things that make for kind of interesting interaction between characters and the the kind of situations that they create.
0: Great, thanks for that introduction to it. So I've just heard you say just there as well that this isn't your first book, you've got two other novels as well. Are there any differences in how you approach writing with this novel in comparison with your last two?
1: I mean, the first two were kind of family stories, and kind of inspiration for them. You know, was my own life. They were both about young boys growing up, so they were kind of rites of passage novels. And so I suppose the preparation for that was largely about kind of trying to remember what life had been like when I was ten years old. And they were also more kind of lighthearted, more kind of comic, because there's a problem with that addressed, you know, an issue that's kind of social as well as political. I spoke to a lot of people who had Asperger's. I spoke to people involved in the management of people with Asperger's and who work with organizations that deal with people with autism. So I suppose the main difference in that kind of issue-based research. But also, I think, you know, because the inspiration came from somebody else. It was my father-in-law, and by this time he had passed away. And so there was an issue of whether, you know, I had the moral authority or the right to write about somebody, you know, A, who wasn't around to speak up for themselves, but also because the issue was undiagnosed. You know, it's largely based on the perceptions of me and other people in my family. So there was that issue. And there was also the issue of how, you know, my wife and other family members would feel about me writing about somebody in that context.
0: Definitely. Did you have a lot of knowledge already? You talk about doing research for it. Did you have any research prior to your writing, or did that sort of begin when you were looking into writing this novel?
1: I mean, the research, it kind of happened by accident, really, because... As I said, my father-in-law was undiagnosed, but this time he's in his 60s. He had gone through his life. You know, his behaviour was kind of explained away by the kind of explanations that are used for lots of people in his situation, that, you know, he was just a kind of typical man of a certain age, that men don't really make friends. They don't have the same emotional responses as women. That's just his character, etc., etc. But really, I suppose the kind of light bulb moment came when I was reading another book by a former colleague of mine called Shoot the Damn Dog. Which was about the author Sally Brampton's experiences of depression. She was bipolar. And she eventually ended her own life. But this book was written about her experience of being bipolar. And there was a passage in the middle for about 15 pages or so, where she described her father who had undiagnosed Asperger's. And over the course of these pages, virtually everything that she mentioned, all the symptoms that she mentioned, could equally have applied to my father-in-law. So I went to my wife and she had already read the book, but she hadn't picked up on it. But after she did, and she began to think about it in those terms, it was a kind of rewriting history lots of things. You know the ways that he had behaved in the past there was a kind of clarity that became applied to those, particularly things like the way that he behaved with his family some of the relationships that he had at work the fact that he had never had any friends his pursuits were solitary and lots of other things so that was kind of really the basis of it and on the back of that we both started to read lots more about Asperger's and particularly adults with Asperger's and the kind of definitive book was written by a chap called Tony Atwood who's Australian and he's written the kind of definitive book about Asperger's. He's written several, but his kind of main two is a complete guide to Asperger's syndrome, and there's lots of content in that about adults, and that shined a light on my father in law's behaviour. And then Tony Atwood came to Glasgow to speak at the Glasgow Concert Hall, and in my other day job, I'm a PR professional, and by kind of coincidence, I did the PR for his event at the Concert Hall, and as part of that, I spoke to him, interviewed him, and then after I'd written the book, sent him the transcript, and he read it just to verify that I wasn't kind of off-beam and that there was an authenticity to what I'd been writing about and things like that. And then he gave me a blurb for the cover of the book, which was nice.
0: Yes, I remember seeing that. There's also various pieces going on here between the sort of research you discovered and the for your own father-in-law as a figure and the discoveries of these Australian books summarising it. Was it sort of all these combined that motivated you to write your novel or was it something completely different?
1: I think once I had investigated the issue, I think the thing that struck me was how was it possible for somebody to reach that age and not be diagnosed with something that was quite apparent, particularly, you know, if you spent any time in his company or lived with him. Definitely. And around about that time Lots of other people You know in the public domain Were coming out And talking about Asperger's Celebrities and writers Politicians and so forth Were talking about it And I suppose the issue That crystallised it And became You know what I thought Might be the basis for a book Was just the lack of Support and attention That had been paid To people in that situation For a lot of people I think autism Is a fairly new thing Certainly for me You know I'm in my 50s And my first kind of Exposure to autism Was with the Rain Man film in the 1990s with Dustin Hoffman. I'd really never heard of autism before. And really, if you look back at the treatment of autism, serious treatment of it really only goes back to, I suppose, the 1950s or 60s. And Asperger's was even later than that. High-functioning like autism wasn't really even given a title or a label until the 1980s. And so that kind of helped to explain why people in my father-in-law's situation had spent their lives without being diagnosed. And I suppose it was that, as well as the personality issues, I thought it was a genuine social issue to address. And Once I started writing about it, it's kind of like, you know, when you buy a new car and suddenly you see the same car all over the place in the streets. Once I had started writing about it, suddenly, you know, people would draw attention to articles or people speaking on TV programmes and it seemed everyone was talking about this issue.
0: Absolutely. It's very inspiring. Moving on, what do you think you owe the real people upon whom you've based your characters in the novel?
1: That's a complicated issue, you know, because for a start, a kind of misconception, I suppose, is that Asperger's or autism is an illness or a, even a condition that should be treated or cured. People with autism don't see it like that, you know, they just see themselves as thinking differently and they would be, you know, horrified at the suggestion that they should somehow be cured of this. So that was the first issue. Suppose Do I have the right to raise this as an issue? And if I do, then I have to be very careful about the way in which I approach it and the terms that I use and just the sensitivity, I suppose, with which I treated the subject the second issue was the fact that my father-in-law had passed away and although he had kind of tacitly accepted that he had Asperger's before he died, he was quite a private person so how would he feel about me writing about it? And then there was the loved ones and friends of his how they would feel about it. And so those were sorts of questions that I had to kind of address when I was thinking about writing about it and it cleared my mind that on balance there was a genuinely good argument for addressing that and although it's fiction and And the characters in it are make-believe, and the situations in which they find themselves are made up. You know, there's still that issue of using somebody as an inspiration, that people automatically assume that what you're writing is factually based on what they did and said, which was not the case, and I had to kind of revert back to that, you know, when I was talking about the book to make these sorts of differences clear.
0: Yeah, you're sort of talking a lot about the awareness of it there. Was that what you'd hope people would take away from the book? Or is it something else? Or perhaps that and other things?
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope that it would inform people's awareness more than make them aware. Particularly in the last five years, there's been a lot more focus and attention given and a lot more sensitivity given to how we talk about people who have autism and their kind of autistic spectrum disorders and the differences between them and the way in which the terms are used and all that sort of thing. So I was sensitive about that. But also, I think that there was just a kind of information issue to be addressed in terms of how people kind of think about these, generate kind of spark in their minds. i was kind of astonished at the number of people that would say to me, oh that's my father or that's my uncle or I know a guy exactly like that. Virtually everyone who had some knowledge of it, even if they had not read it would say that to me. And so I suppose in terms of drawing attention to the issue, my main kind of aim would be to do that, would be to try and shine a light on just how widespread it is and that it's a very long or wide or depending on how you to paraphrase it, spectrum, and people with high-functioning autism may never exhibit anything that gets picked up, whereas the other, they can exhibit some very extreme behaviours. And so I suppose it was part of the kind of educational mission, if you like, would be to draw attention to just how long the spectrum is.
0: It's an incredibly moving story and even more so now Here you talk about it in the background of it. So thank you again for sharing your thoughts. Just on a final note and on the topic of inspiration, do you have any advice for aspiring writers of the future?
1: I've always said to people who ask me that, just to try and get something down on paper or on your screen, because then it becomes a living, breathing thing. I spoke to so many people who say, oh, you know, I've got a book in me, and I think a lot of people do have a book in them, and just never get around to writing it, because if you don't put something down on paper, then it starts to kind of assume a massive importance in your mind, and the pressure becomes just too great, and, and I think that's why, you know, a lot of people never actually get around to it. So, yeah, I always just advise people to just start writing, and, you know, I you've written a couple of pages it then becomes a thing and the people that you're writing about suddenly develop personalities and traits. And before long, you've written 5,000 words, 10,000 words, and then there's no turning back because you've invested that time and effort into it. The other thing I think is you don't have to perfectly craft every sentence as you go along. That's what the editing process is for. And some people write quicker than others. My son was telling me yesterday that Stephen King wrote a book in three days. Wow. He was on drugs at the time, but even so, (laughs) people write at different paces and then go back to it that's the joy of editing that you, you can always go back to it and perfect it but the most important thing i think is just get something down
0: yes it's the famous saying isn't it starting's always the hardest part but when you've got time on your hands then i guess you can start whenever thank you carlos for joining me to speak about your book and once again hopefully we'll maybe have you back at some point
1: look forward to it thanks very much rosie
0: thanks once again